Where does it start? About a man coming in and finding this woman in bed with. Well, listen. It's 2 a.m. and just getting in about to check my message. No one is called, but my homies and some bill collectors say you love bring somebody who wants to borrow money. To way her, she don't hit me back, something is funny So I called her mother's house and asked her had she seen my baby Roll my six around, looking for that missing lady Got back in, turned the TV on and caught the news Then I put my hand on my head, caught some soaking fumes And then I turned the TV down Cause I thought I heard a squeaky sound Something's going on upstairs, yeah Cause I know nobody else lives here As I get closer to the stairways Ironic part about this song is that While he's writing a song about being cheated on He probably had like six women locked in his own closet <laughs> Is that, I think that was, I don't think that was R. Kelly, was it? Because it he, sounded like R. Kelly, but it's featured on it. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I wonder what that was. I'm like, I, I, I was going to say, like, I think R. Kelly ripped the Isley Brothers off. Because <laughs> that's exactly what he sounds like. Just telling stories. But, like, our, all R. Kelly songs, I wanted to know where it went. Like, I wonder what happens. Hi, people. and welcome to the Heart of Brunch podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me, as always, my co host, Chris King. Hello. Our off mic producer, thank God, this week. Very off mic. Zach Brown. <laughs> Because we have uh, the Sauce Boss of Indianapolis, because we have two guests in studio for the first time, uh, two chefs uh, who just cooked an amazing meal, Chef Adam Ditter and Jordan Weiler. Welcome to the program, guys. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Pleasure to be here. Uh, Formerly the uh, head chef, exec chef, and sous chef at Rook. Um, basically, I feel like we just got Rook catered oh my brunch God. in the house. It's so painful. Everything's so good. I always, what I was saying, I, I always try to pace myself anymore when I come here. I'm like, I'm going to have a bite or two of everything. And so, I, but you make so much, like two bites of everything is, is still 300 bites. So I, I try to do it and I didn't this time. I ate full things of everything. And it's so, I mean, it was amazing, but I want to die. So painful. We're, so good. We're, we're, we're used to being gluttons every Sunday, too. Yeah, yeah this absolutely. Is, this is still... Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's always an eating contest, but this is like the the big boss of eating contests. It was, it was, so, it was, it was amazing. It was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, welcome. How long, how long uh, have you guys been cooking, respectively? Well, I've been cooking since <clears throat> probably around 18. I started, started off at Applebee's. Made my way up. Is that, it seemed like a lot of the uh, the stuff you were making seems like it probably came from like an origin of Applebee's. Is that, is that where you got your... Got oh, your yeah. Stuff? Rubbing my nuts on steaks, <laughs> you know, <laughs> dropping shit on the floor. <laughs> That's how we do. Nice. What about um, you, Adam? I've been cooking for about 16 years now. Nice. Uh, professionally, I guess. I, I, I cooked before, but that was more for like sustenance. How many Applebee's have you worked at? Uh, zero, but I, I did work at a Damon's nice. Bar and Grill. Um, oh. 
And somehow that's what led me to, like, somehow working at a Damon's, I was like, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> and and then, I, and then I fucking did, so... <laughs> I, I would imagine Damon's is similar to like an Applebee's or like a Shoney's. If I, you know, if you, if you enjoy enjoy it there, so the sky's the limit. After that, it's only up from there. Well, and it's like so many cookies that like I my first uh, restaurant job was I was fourteen working at McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, they get you in. My mom was like tired of me asking for stuff that costs money. <laughs> it was like you go work at McDonald's. Yeah. Were you there during the Arch Select stuff? Oh yeah! Oh man, <laughs> that was that was mind blowing. Did we do a whole podcast about the Arch Lux ones? I don't I know. Like I think I honestly, been brought up before. We did. We talked about it a lot because we both worked at McDonald's at the same time. Apparently, because that was like a two year span. Like you had to work in that very specific two years to have seen that. Do you guys, do you guys remember the Arch Lux at all? Yes. McDonald's, yes, do, yeah. McDonald's decided they were going to make they were going to get fancy a sandwich for grownups yeah. because they were so uh, tied to children. Yeah, and they put they poured <laughs> well. They're, Not literally. <laughs> Gross. They, they, poured, uh, they poured millions of dollars into yeah. this marketing campaign for the grown-up. Bur- and it was just like a burger. With, with, it was a potato bun. Yeah. They're really big on that. And then there was a, like, some kind of special mustard lettuce on and one of them. Tomato. And then they did like a peppered bacon. And we had a class on the peppered bacon and what peppered bacon meant. I remember that. That was honestly my intro to the culinary arts, and uh, that's why I said I, I probably don't want to do this professionally. It was a, it was a pretty big failure. Yeah. Uh, if you look yeah, up the Arch Wiki. Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, guys, they have, like, isn't that where like their chicken sandwich stuff started too? They had like a like a grilled chicken breast mm-hmm. that looked like it was made from plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is where that stuff started. So they always had the grilled chicken, but before it was when you worked at McDonald's. I don't know if you had the same way, but if everything was pre cooked and sitting in like a tray, like with a temp on it, everything except for that grilled chicken, because no one. If you're going to McDonald's, you're not getting the grilled chicken. You're like, I want something that's deep fried in butter and covered in yellow cheese. But every once in a while, someone would get a grilled chicken, and the whole kitchen would shut down like, someone's getting the grilled chicken? Someone's ordering the grilled chicken! But then when they did the Arch Luck thing, it was like, no, we're going to do it. We're going to have those all the time. People are going to come from miles around to have the McDonald's grilled chicken. They didn't. They didn't. Guys, we like to play a game on here. Because uh, Chris King, as, as much as he did used to work at McDonald's, he actually doesn't know a lot about food. You would think. Uh, you, would think nice. you would think he would know. That's lot. the best. That's the most descriptive intro ever of this whole. He likes food. He enjoys food, but he's not always sure. Clearly, uh, what he just ate. Yeah. So usually it's him um, uh, answering questions about my food, but today he's going to be doing it to your food. I'm extremely terrified of this session because uh, I know Dyke and I've known him for a long time, so this is always like a fun time. But I just want you to know that everything was amazing, <laughs> and I love everything about it. And um, I just want you to know I loved all of it. And this is just... <laughs> well, I, I, I'll, give, I'll give you an example of how this started. Yeah, it's like yeah. one time I made gumbo. And he came in and he goes, I, lo- I, lo- I love that hot dogs and rice you just made. <laughs> that was really good. That's right. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to let you guess what you just ate every time. Yeah. So we're, we're going to play a little game called Hey. Hey, guess what you just ate, Chris? <laughs> so the first one I have, I don't know who made what. So I just went down everything. I did make two courses yeah. that were off theme as well. Oh. I messed up the theme. Oh, yeah. okay. Then that is going to explain maybe my first one then because the first one is cheddar biscuits and gravy made out of those cheddar biscuits. <laughs> Hashtag, or with the ha- uh, build your own because there was work involved. Even though it was cheddar and biscuits, I had to put seven ingredients on myself. <laughs> he said, put the biscuit, then the gravy, and then five more things. And then it's done. I'm like, I feel like you should have done some of this back there. <laughs> so that was the first one. That was, I'll definitely take uh, blame for that. 
So I was the, was was that like brown sugar that I put on there? No, like I thought I thought first of all I thought we were just doing street food. Oh, so I was just like I don't. know. You thought gravy was street food? Well, I didn't. <laughs> Have you ever been on the streets? Have you been to the streets? I've been to the streets to flow of gravy. <laughs> that one's got street gravy. I didn't I didn't realize that. Uh, anyway, so I messed that part up. So uh, so yeah, I was gonna do like uh, Mexican kind of take on biscuits and gravy. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was a cilantro cheddar biscuit. It was, okay. It was a cheddar biscuit. Yeah. Uh, so I was right. Yeah, drop biscuit. Okay. Uh, chorizo gravy. Mm-hmm. And then um, it was basically like this uh, Venezuelan guacamole. That was the green sauce. Oh, okay, okay. And then just kind of like a dusting of chicharrones. Yep. But as as we've revealed many times on the show, I'll make one nice plated one for the guests. Yeah. And then the rest you got to build You got to build yourself, yeah. Well, when you're on the streets of Red Lobster, that's what you do. <laughs> you build it. You build your. You build a cheddar biscuits and cheddar biscuit gravy by yourself. The green sauce doesn't come for free. That's what the streets taught me. Uh, the next one is egg on your fingers, spam and cheese pancake sandwich. Oh no, that's that's exactly what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was again delicious. That was so good. I, uh, you guys are very nice and and encouraged me to pick up things with my hands because we always have. You know, we have, like, four forks between us, so you never know who's going to get to use a utensil. But, like, that, I did eat it with my hands, and it was it was messy, but it was messy in the best way. It was so good. Yeah, it was it was definitely meant to be messy. Yeah. Like, like you don't have facial hair, but it was meant to, like, get in here oh, yeah, and just yeah. be <laughs> all in this area for yeah, yeah. the whole day. Egg yeah. yolk does not come out of, like, beard and hair <laughs> very easily. So, um, yeah, that's what we wanted. We wanted... Messy, yeah. yeah. So you no, it was fucked good. up by shaving. I, I don't know if you meant for it this way, but I just kept that sandwich. That was the one full thing that I ate. I just kept that sandwich as like a side and tried other things and then kept going back to the sandwich. The sandwich was amazing. It was so good. Uh, yeah, it was just, it's a take on like a croque madame, which just means crispy misses in French, which is yeah. the dumbest name for anything. <laughs> so uh, um, I really love it. It sounds so fancy when you so say it. You're like, oh, yeah, it's a croque madame and... Yeah. No, just crisp, but crispy. Now, and what what was the actual theme that I messed up? Uh, oh, we yeah. were doing like French bistro food that was yeah. inspired by or Korean food inspired by French bistro food. I don't know the proper way to say that, but sure. like you know, fusion. Yeah, fusion. I feel like everything they did though, you could probably find on the streets, except yeah. for your gravy. I've never. I don't know the streets, obviously. Uh, maybe as well as you do, apparently. But I've never seen uh, gravy on never, the streets. Never been to the Tijuana gravy vendor. <laughs> is that what you're telling me? I didn't know if they're putting that in a paper cone. It's like, here's your gravy. <laughs> they, they have them in the pump stations like the ketchup. Oh, you, you, just pump, the... you pump your gravy on at, at yeah. street temperature. and that That's a good, well, yeah. The streets of Bob Evans, that's where that is. It was delicious. Uh, then we have uh, little breadsticks with a pile of meat. <laughs> Which was really um, good. It, that was that was that one's a little further off. <laughs> um, only only because it wasn't bread. The rest of it was spot that's on. you know I I wrote it down and then you actually said it was. I'm like it's better if I don't correct myself. No, I, no, mean, no. I gotta keep it real. No, I mean yeah, it's <laughs> that's not what it was. But uh, <laughs> but what was the 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 breadsticks? You said they were they're rice cakes. Rice cakes, right, right, right. right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not not like the the diet health food rice cakes. No, like no, 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 like... no. They were amazing. They were, but they were specifically not breadsticks like Olive Garden. I mean, that's why I feel like for people that are listening to this, I, I'm giving it a bad impression to say like breadsticks, which is just yeah. Absolutely if if, anything, if you're gonna go the bread route, they're definitely closer to like croutons or pretzel sticks. Yeah, 
Makes sense. And you, do you put them on the grill, right? Yeah. I mean, because typically you said that, I know you were talking about a little bit. They're, they're cooked like a, a noodle or a dumpling normally. Um, oh God, they were so but we, we, we griddle them so they would be crispy on the outside and chewy on the inside. Yeah. Um, and then it, you were right about the pile of meat. That's just, <laughs> that's flank steak that we oh my God. marinated and cooked and sliced real thin. And it was like our, our take on steak frites. What did you, what did you do to the steak? That steak was unbelievable. Um, just a, a bunch of like umami flavors, like black garlic, uh, MSG, which is not an umami flavor, but whatever. Yeah. Um, dried mushrooms, um, and then a bunch of like fish sauce and beef stock and stuff like that, just marinated in that. And did you marinate in the sous vide? Yep. Oh my god, it was so good. That steak was amazing. Guys. That steak was unbelievable. Uh, then we had the loose meat refried bean sandwich, uh, which was possibly called the rapist. Oh, no. Um, is that the... I believe it's a misprison. A repas. That's what I said. No, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so that was Venezuelan-style uh, pork, which is marinated in orange juice. Oh. And then uh, the arepa is just like the little pastry kind of bread. It's got like a pancake. Did you make... You made the bread from scratch, though, right? No, I mean, I made it from a mix. I mean, you don't have to tell me that. Yeah, I made it from scratch. <laughs> we don't, no one has to know, man. This is on the radio. No one's... Or on the, on the, it's a podcast. I'm just going to know what you did. And then, and then I repurposed... So I initially made a cilantro pesto to go with the biscuits and gravy. and It was disgusting. So I just used uh, the Venezuelan avocado sauce for both. And, yeah. then, and then there was beans, which everyone thought was hilarious, but it was just like... <laughs> I just jumped on... I jumped on Venezuelan the... Did. Why would you not put beans there? It was like, ha, we're eating beans. <laughs> <laughs> like some sort of homeless people. I just know Zach walked in, and the first thing he said, with, or I walked in, the first thing that I heard Zach say with all the amazing food that they put on the table, he said, "Did are those refried beans? <laughs> and then between me and Bridget, her and, you know, and Zach, obviously, we like to jump on that uh, the bandwagon of ripping on, on, on you, so that's what we kind of did. And then I, I believe I said uh, something along the lines of your grocery list included a trip to Taco Bell. Yeah. But yeah, they were really good. I like Taco Bell. Once again, not on theme <laughs> at all. But that was actually like a street type food. Like you can eat that with your hands. You can yeah. see that one. You don't need a bowl. You don't. You're not walking around with a bowl of gravy in the streets. I mean, I wouldn't knock it till you try it. Chris. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Listen, I had the gravy. I'm just saying I don't know how if it's a walkabout food. Mm. I think that it's something you put on a plate. You know, but like a funnel cake is uh, is considered a street food. I don't want to walk around with that. Powdered sugar everywhere. And then uh, we had the beans casserole lasagna. I don't think there was any beans. Uh, there was, yeah, there were no beans in that. <laughs> God damn it. But, uh, was, I do like no some lasagna. beans. <laughs> and it was a lasagna. I had a little bit of that because at that point I was super full and I was intimidated by it. But what, what was that? Uh, that was like a kind of a take on a, a gratin of eggs oh. I found in like an old French cookbook. Okay. Um, made like a duck cell. Of mushrooms and fermented ramps on the bottom. We uh, sous vide some soft eggs. Yeah. And then made a, not to get confused, a sous vide, but a sous vide of kimchi over that. Right. And cheese on top. Oh, my God. And broiled it. This always seems kind of brutal when we do it when it's your food, but just the th- the stuff that they're putting in their food, it just seems really uh, <laughs> inappropriate. I'm, I'm going to keep going, <laughs> but just to, to call it beans and lasagna, like yeah, there was no las- there was no beans, it wasn't lasagna, and then the seven different complicated amazing things they did do it like, oh, I feel like a real piece of shit. I'm going to keep going though. Um, 
The last, actually, the last one that I have, I don't know that I missed anything, is Bridget's uh, dessert. And I put a uh, cracker brownie with diked beans and possibly a curd. Yeah, and that was spot on. That was exactly Is that right. what it was? Yeah, that's what you Did made. she use your refried <laughs> beans from Taco Bell? Yes. I can't. I've never seen that dessert. That was amazing. I like that Bridget it can't be here with us. Uh, otherwise, she'd have probably a lot to say about it. But I like that she mm-hmm. used crackers. It looked like it was birdseed, but it was not. Uh, right? Yeah. It was not birdseed. I think it was from uh, Wild Birds Unlimited, actually. That's right. That's right. That Just the top of it. Yeah. You don't see that a lot in the dessert. No. It was good. Not in human yeah. desserts, anyway. No, 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 no. <laughs> I thought, you know what the thing is? I thought it was for Cody. I'm like, well, that's nice. She made something for Cody. Nope, it was for us. We ate it. It was good. It was but- good. Cody's the dog, though, not a, a bird, right? Yeah, yeah. Cody is the dog, but, I mean, he'll eat whatever. Dogs don't care. But it was nice for her to, like, think about him and design stuff. I mean, we ate his food. I feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's branching out into animal food. Oh! Yeah. Well, that's a nice business. Yeah. Well, you. A lot of people are making money doing that. Rachel Ray. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Big names making that are notorious. I mean, because Bridget Horan, huge in the food world, mm-hmm. making great food for humans. Yeah. Now you can have it for your dog. Yeah, or bird. Or your bird. Yeah. That's right. Pet bird. That's a niche market. Guys, uh, uh, I was talking to you. Part of the reason I had you on the podcast is uh, we were shooting the shit out on uh, Virginia Avenue one time. We were having some beers after after work. And uh, I feel like I'm in a very weird place because I've been in the food service business for like the past 25 years. I went to culinary school thinking I was going to be a restaurateur. I think I'm thinking I was going to die in, in a restaurant. Uh, Why? I mean, I just figured I'd work until I died. That's oh, what most of us have to do. Like, doing something dangerous in there, like, just be cool. We don't have health insurance. Jesus. <laughs> right. Everything uh, we do is dangerous. We don't have health insurance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one day I'll die at work, right? right. <laughs> just slide me under the oven. Uh, and then I opened up uh, a food truck and ran that for a few years. And then, uh, you know, I was just uh, decided that I wanted to break up with the uh, service industry. And then start a podcast about it, you know, because I can't, right. can't, I can't leave you. <laughs> I quit. I can't quit you. It's kind of like you were dating somebody you didn't like him, and then you made a whole podcast about your shitty yeah. ex girlfriend. <laughs> That's exactly. What it is. <laughs> and I'm somehow part of it. Who's the idiot there? That's I, the question. We gotta see other people, and then all I do is talk about my ex. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is called Brad. I still hate you. Uh, but you got you guys are you guys are in the in the thick of it, and I, I love talking to. Uh, I love talking to people that are in the industry. Obviously, it's a crazy, wacky time. We'll get we'll get into like kind of what's going on with COVID. But like the the first thing is first that you guys brought up to my attention that I just want to I, I just want to kind of address on here is we were talking about you guys were talking about being white and making kind of ethnic foods and like and I've heard this guy I've heard this get brought up before. And I know it's probably an awkward conversation for, like, white dudes to talk about. But I just want to say that, like, I've thought about it a lot since we had that conversation. I've talked to a lot of different chefs. And I my opinion on it is I think the food is the last bastion of a, a true melting pot of cultures and stuff like that. And I think we're all – I think we're all worse off – if we don't mix, you know what I'm saying? Like, even today, you guys did a uh, fusion between, you know, French cooking, Korean cooking. I did Venezuela. Like, he even made a joke earlier, uh, Zach, our producer. He's like, is the theme, is the theme this week cultural appropriation? <laughs> <laughs> he was on a tear. Which, uh, he was, which he I mean, was which, he's an asshole, of course. <laughs> but uh, I, I, th- I, th- I, th- I, my honest answer to that question that we kind of had before was like, 
I think anyone that's really upset that's pushing that agenda doesn't know anything about food. They don't know anything about the history of food. Yeah. They don't know anything about history and how food brings people together. And I think it only strengthens other the bonds of other cultures when people try to make that food. So, um, especially after being so full on the wonderful food you guys just ma- made for me, I would say keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, however, if you're out there, if you're an ethnic chef of some sort and you have an opinion about it, please... Yes, ethnic. Uh, <laughs> not white. That's what that means. <laughs> uh, please tweet at tweet at me and let, let me know your opinion on that because I, I would I would love to hear some some other people's opinions. I want to get a bunch of white chefs in a room and be like, yeah, we can do this for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's a weird uh, thing to shit on since we got two white chefs right here uh, <laughs> who uh, just made some amazing food for us. I thought I, I really thought I'm like, well, that'd be cool to get their take on it since they just did that, and then you uh, cut that right off and said, well, I don't want to hear a bunch of from a bunch of white people who make ethnic food. So if you're the other flip side, let do we do that? No, what I'm saying is I would be very interested to hear what they have to say what, about it. What, what I'm building up versus to you just like answering the question for them and then shitting on their answer that they didn't get to give. That's what I'd like to hear. Fair enough. <laughs> Why'd you invite them to just tell them that you don't want to hear from them? You made them make amazing food. And then you're like, I don't want to hear from a bunch of white people who uh, culturally appropriate Cuban sandwiches. That's not, uh, so that's, if you're that's doing... not what I meant. Like, what I didn't want to do. What I didn't want to do was the opposite. I didn't want to set you up. Yeah. To answer a question, whether it could be like the so, question that you asked. No, I just didn't want to be any back of like, well, of course they're going to say blah 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 because. What are you doing? I don't want to set you up for failure. So anyway. Anyway, guys, uh, I would love to hear your take on that. I mean, coming from Rook and and making bringing so much to. I mean. Just to Indianapolis, to Mass Ave, and, and definitely foods that I'd never had before. What are your thoughts on that? Um, honestly, I, I think that you can go about it the right way or the wrong way. Like, yeah. we, weren't, we weren't doing it just to, like, rip something off. Of and, not. you know, when it, we spent a lot of time learning about ingredients and, and the, like, the history of things and why right. they did things this way. And, honestly, I think it's a really good way for us to learn about other cultures because, I mean, one thing everybody has in common is food. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you can learn about a lot about people's histories and, you know, that kind of leads you down a bunch of different paths where you start learning about a different culture yeah. through their food. And that's and then you just find flavors that you really like and you kind of latch on to those things. Like, I didn't know five years ago that I would love Korean food and Korean yeah. flavors and Korean cooking as much as I do. And here I am, and that's what I want to cook. And I, it's, it is hard being a white person doing that. Right. Does that, do you ever, is that ever difficult? I mean, I think I agree with you. I, I, I know I agree with you because I think that you have, there's so much history that is in food, that is in anything. You, there's so much history that goes into it and why it's like this and what kind of builds it. And I think that just as, as the chef, you're obligated to learn about these other cultures, which is always a plus. But then people that are eating it, it's up to them to also learn something about that. But I didn't know if it's ever difficult in your, or you've ever felt it was difficult in your position doing Food like that. I mean, you're always you're always kind of wondering if people are like thinking that about you. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's it's you you start to think, does everybody think that I'm just stealing these people's food to try to make money or whatever? You know, I think if, if anybody actually sat down and talked to us, or right. they would they would understand that we know, we know the difference. Like we're not just, and also we're not making money because we're closed. So I guess it doesn't <laughs> really fucking count. <laughs> if you didn't like it and wanted to shut down, which granted. <laughs> You can't cancel those that have already been canceled, guys. That's what I'm saying here. That's right. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a great job today. <laughs> you 
you said the quiet part out loud. I don't know. We just did that. Like you just thanked yourself. Like you can keep doing this. You're okay. I think it's great. I think what we're doing is great. I, I like think I, I, I like. I'll, I'll be honest. Like my thing is like <laughs> when I hear horse shit like that, I thought about yeah. it for weeks, and I got I got angry on on, on your behalf because of, like that's something that came up. Are you appropriating white guilt? Listen, we don't look, have a lot. That's that's something that that's something that came up a few years ago, and I feel like it was it was quickly squashed. And I feel like every chef that. That I respect is it's just it's it's such a hard eye roll. But then when when you when you say it's coming up, and I, I think about kind of the culture of 2020, and we're just like, how yeah. how do we have this conversation? Because it's like like I mean, one of the things about going to culinary school is you realize that food is just such a long and bloody history, right? And it's right. just like, well, you don't even have this food without this unfortunate genocide, or you know, these people coming from this country to that country. And it's like, that's how the history of food is like, when you think of like Mexican food, like I did today, it's just like, you don't have Mexican food without European food coming over, you know, like yeah. the Europeans, you know, and the, and the Incans, you know, and then, and that, and that sort of fusion. So it's like, these people like don't even know the history of food sometimes. And it just, uh, you're right. No, you're right. I don't know. But also the other thing I would say is that for anybody playing podcast bingo, if you have Incan, that was the free <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, just so you know, I know you don't know this, but anytime I'm on this podcast with like my entire goal is to get him to uh, spit drinks out of his nose. So, uh, you know, if you got that, if you got that bingo, you need that on your bingo card. That's it. So I had a long list of things that I wanted to talk to you guys about, and maybe I went out of order. <laughs> maybe I'm out of order. Maybe this whole damn podcast is out of order. Uh, but that, I don't know. That was one that I've really, I really thought about, it, and it's like yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll think about it work sometimes, and I'll like, kind of pop in my head. And I, and I, Have you ever been? You you brought that up a couple times, and I think it's an interesting topic too. But I've never heard it anywhere but here. Have you had, or maybe just on social media, seen people that are like getting angry about that? Like, I'm trying to think of something. Like, and you don't have to be specific, obviously. But yeah, I I had never I hadn't seen this, but I don't spend a lot of time on social media. Well, like Adam really said, it. I guess there there is definitely a wrong way to do things, and like yeah, yeah. So there's been times where like a school district will try to have like black heritage and it's like here's some fried chicken and some watermelon uh, and then it's like that's well, a bad way yeah. to breach that topic mm-hmm. that's a kind of a bad way to do it and yeah. I, I like i'm sure you could possibly do things in a, a an offensive way but like I, th- I feel like if it's just honest cooking of food it's like food's supposed to be bringing us together that's right yeah i don't know i don't want to i don't want to kill this horse like, no I no no, like no i think it's i, I think it's an interesting it. topic i think it's an interesting topic i didn't want to uh and we don't have to beat the dead horse but I think it's an interesting topic. I, I I never thought about it until you brought it up, but it's interesting to hear what you guys the take you guys have on it because I think it's I think there's a lot of good that comes from it, but you always with just with everything you have to be careful. Um so I think in the next hour I wanna get into kind of like the closing of of Rook and Yeah, let's let's tear that one back open. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that sounds like a really good time. <laughs> if I ever get fired from a job, can we come get on this podcast and spend about half an hour talking about it? Uh, hour, one hour. <laughs> he did say a lot. We're giving on this on a very special uh, episode of Harder Brunch. We talk for an hour. Well, well, let me ask you guys this: Did you guys like? I, I'm not even sure. Like, did did you guys have an initial closing because of COVID, or were you guys doing deliveries? And uh, stuff we like closed that? for about three months. We closed okay. from uh, March 15th. Mm-hmm. Until uh, halfway through halfway through June, yeah. June nineteenth, June something, and then open back up at to twenty five percent capacity. Um, so the the thing about Rook is that our capacity is 
there's not enough tables in there to actually hit our capacity, so oh. we, we we kept people six feet apart from each other. Okay. Yeah. But it was closest. It was close. I think at that point we were allowed to do fifty inside. Mm-hmm. Whatever whatever the the city thing was at the time is what we did. Yeah. And it, well, what did the what did the full kitchen pre Corona look like? Like as far as staffing was. <clears throat> Um, we had generally had uh, two people during lunch and three people for dinner, and it's a pretty tight kitchen. Yeah, yeah, no dishwasher except on the weekends. Oh wow! Um, so, yeah, no, I know that I, I I was talking a little bit about that article uh, that Ed Ed the owner of Rook uh, he did he, he just in reading that and and I kind of know a little bit about him. He kept it very lean, which is almost scarier because he wasn't about having more than was absolutely necessary to run a really good, efficient restaurant, um, which makes it even more just kind of things that people should pay attention to if you're if you're in the city or outside the city, why these restaurants are so important. Um, that's a weird place to take a break, but we're going to take one. You're absolutely right, yeah. Sorry. I was trying to feel like it, I was doing like a down the slab good. and an up, yeah. and I got no up, yeah. That's good. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to have a quick – we're going to talk to Batman real quick, see what he's up to. Oh, right. And then uh, we'll be right back. You know I can't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind, baby. You know I can't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind, baby. I don't see nothing wrong. feel like uh, all you need to do in the court case against R. Kelly is just play his own songs. Any song. Exhibit A, B, and C. Literally any song that he's ever done. Guys, welcome back to the Heart of Brunch podcast. Hey, yeah. We're getting real <laughs> it does feel nice. up in here. It feels really nice talking in on that. Like, guys, Heart of Brunch podcast is brought to so you happy by... happy to have you here. The second half of Heart of Brunch is brought to you by Bridget Haran's Bird Cookies. <laughs> If you like real organic bird cookies, you're going to love Bridget Haran's bird cookies. <laughs> Made for the bird, but they're fine for the dog. <laughs> Welcome back. We're talking to, we're talking to Adam and Jordan from Rook. Um, formerly from Rook. We, we give Bridget a hard time, but she's a very good friend of ours. You guys wouldn't be here probably if we didn't know Bridget. You, have, you definitely aren't. You wouldn't be here just for us. We don't. Who are we? A bunch of assholes, that too. Bridget does a lot for this podcast. Well, and I'll, we give her a hard time, but we give you a hard time too. It's because that's the kind of family we are. <laughs> We're all about talking shit about food. And then we eat bird cookies. And then we eat bird cookies. <laughs> that's the thing, is that Bridget bird cookies are so good, humans can have them too. That's what I like about them. She's a hell of a chef. I don't. I just. I. I'd rather you be a dick than try to be nice. Like I don't you, know how to do it. I tried. Nice. I tried. It's like it's like trying to fly a plane straight. Like, <laughs> like fly into the ocean. Like I just can't do it. And I pull up. I tried. Uh, so, uh, obviously, COVID happened. Uh, it's been a. It's been a wreck on the on the restaurant business. Um, I don't want to get too Debbie Downer, but obviously, you guys' restaurant closed down. Uh, a lot of restaurants are closing down, and um, this is something I've been saying, and I'm, I mean, I'm not a fucking genius on the subject here, but I've, I've been saying this since spring, is that, like, a lot of 
A lot of restaurants are closing down. I, I like I, I I think, uh, I think the whole business model of restaurants and margins, and the whole flaws in the system are becoming very apparent in COVID. And I I I think it's obviously a big time to change to, like all the, like I don't know. It's like a lot of people are talking about like tipping and like should should we do away with tipping? Should we X Y and Z? Who's talking about that? I mean, a lot of articles. The rest of the fucking world. Yeah. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Like, recently? During COVID? They're like... The the rest of the world's never done it. Tipping's antiquated. It's it's so they they could... Oh, you mean, like, globally speaking? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, So, I I, I think it's a time... I think it's a time for, uh, uh, I guess, as far as, like, the restaurant industry to change. But also, um, I'm somebody who tapped out of, uh, like I said, again, like, a couple years ago. And I didn't know how to really feel about it, and obviously until Corona, and then I was just like, "Man, what a what a what a good call!" But all, but like all of us, all of us that I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't think you understand who you invited to this podcast. <laughs> no. I <laughs> can't wait to come back. But uh, <laughs> you know, they just made a bunch of food for us, right? <laughs> but I, I guess, I guess, the, I guess the point that I, I'm that I'm trying to make is like. Uh, this is this is something that I've like done with my life for almost the entirety of it. So like so like I I, I definitely feel for you. And also it's just like I, like I'm obviously trying to like merge into comedy. I still work in the business. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like a bartender and I work at my friend's barbecue joint. So I've been affected by this at every turn. Uh, every comedian's been affected by this because any place to do comedy is a fucking bar or restaurant. Yeah. So it, it, it's something that is literally affected all of my friends, everyone that I've known. Um, and I guess I guess the question is not only where does the industry go from here, but what do these talented people do? People that wanted to become chefs, people that wanted to, you know, like we we, we got to have so many tough conversations right now. We got to have so yep. many conversations where it's like, do we transition into you know like teaching into 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 virtual markets to like to to doing you know smaller pop ups? Do like there's like a million things, but it's like does the the restaurant model work anymore for us? I'm gonna start an Etsy shop and sell bracelets. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably my next move. Seems like a good based um, on what like said. This seems oh, the avocado tree. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're also starting an avocado tree uh, business. Yeah, uh, that we sold a lot of uh, avocados at Rook. We saved all the seeds. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna germinate all of them. Probably have maybe 100, 200. How long does that take? Oh, five to eight years. <laughs> uh, and the other cool thing about avocado trees is that they don't grow avocados by themselves. No, <laughs> so it's no, just what decorative. Is, what does that mean? Oh, it's, they don't. What do you have to do to make them have grow avocados? I, I, I have no idea. They're just not uh, self-pollinating or whatever, or germinating or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Pollinating. Yeah, smash two together. What do you? What do you I don't know. You have to play R. Kelly. Is that what we? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you guys have? Yeah, avocado trees love R. Kelly. <laughs> Early stuff, though. I mean, they don't. They don't know about that whole. They don't have the internet. They don't know what he's done. They just know the music. But yeah, I've rambled on long enough. What do you? What, what do you? What do you guys got? I mean, anything. The floor is open. What do you? What do you think about any, anything I've been rambling about? Uh, can we go back through? Like, do you have a? I lost track of everything. Well, <laughs> I think one of the things that I picked out was that Dykes feel it feels really good about getting out of the food industry when he did. Um, but the other thing that I think, uh, I think I pulled out of that is just what, when you look at the, you know, the next five years and like the bumps that we have you know, for lack of a better term going forward, what do you, what are your 
I mean, there are people that are still interested in food. There are people that love food and love what you guys are doing. And what do you say to the people that are not that, not that by any means I'm asking you to be the voice of that generation, but what do you say to people that are doing that? Or, or what kind of advice could you give? Um, honestly, right now, I think that we probably, I think the like the time of the very like big name, famous superstar chefs is probably the numbers going to slim a little yeah. bit. I think. Um, it's just not a huge sustainable market anymore. Yeah. Um, and I'm not talking like on the food network scale, I'm talking about like, you know, more closer to home. Like you're not going to see as many, um, just as many big names out there anymore. Um, you know, I, when I first started, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to own this restaurant and do whatever and stand at the pass and take dishes out and all this stuff. And it's you know it's it's probably not as plausible anymore. Like there's not going to be a lot of new names coming. I mean, there's going to be new people coming in, obviously. Right. right. But there's not going to be people that are kind of kind of get to that level anymore because it's the restaurant. By the time anybody has the money to put back into restaurants or open someplace new up right now, they're not looking for that. Right. It's just about getting wherever they have back to where it was. Yeah. At this point, yeah. Um, and the other thing is, I think people need to kind of learn the value of their food. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. I mean, if you go to McDonald's and you um, buy one of those Arch Burger things you guys were talking about earlier, Arch yeah. Deluxe, Arch yeah. Deluxe, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> they're they're like you're not getting the same quality of stuff that you're getting from someplace right. that's locally owned, you know, like right. and those people have families and houses and cell phone plans and all these different things they have to spend money on, and you know, when I first my very first restaurant job, I made seven dollars an hour. Yeah, yeah, and. Up until I never made more than eleven dollars an hour until two thousand and ten. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so you know, most people in restaurants are ten dollars an hour, eleven dollars an hour. You're working two or three jobs. I mean, right. We work sixty hours a week at Rook. I know. Well, I heard. I remember you guys saying that, but I think that's the big thing about. And again, I not to keep just because Ed's so close to you guys, but to go back, not to keep going back to that article, but he made a really great point about how he would drive around. And I feel the same way because I have to go up to 86th um, once or twice a week for work. And I go by goddamn Chick-fil-A. And there, it's around around the whole place. They got two different driveways. They're out on the street. you know. And, and that is hurtful because it's, yeah, those people live in Indianapolis, and I get it. And anytime you support any, any place that's in Indiana, you're supporting somebody locally. But it's a completely different situation. I mean, the, the money that they're pumping into – the state and locally, which actually gets back into your pocket, is so minimal in comparison to what you guys are doing, where it's everything is owned by somebody that lives here and loved by somebody that lives here, and the food that comes out is loved by the person that is is here and is your neighbor. You know, and that's that's tough, and I and I think that's what sucks is that he made a really good point in saying like those places are still doing things where you know I had to struggle to get people in the door until they found out that I wasn't going to be here anymore. Um, and I, I don't know what turns people around. I don't know if you guys have any comments for that, but I don't know what turns people around to really start supporting. And I don't know, I guess I don't know, knowing that it kind of had a bigger influx towards the end, I don't know what you guys saw throughout, like what kind of local support you guys saw as you were going through the COVID situation. Um, well, one, one thing we noticed <laughs> is, you know, there, there are so many people out there that were putting out hashtag local, so hashtag support local on all their social media. Yeah. And we're, we, I, I I knew a lot of them. I didn't see them in our place. Right. Or they would come once and, you know, coming once in the three months we were open is not right. enough to 
to support a place. Like, right. We did, we did a lot of sales and sold out of food for our last seven days open. And if we would have taken one of those days and put it once a week for the last three months, we wouldn't be sitting here unemployed right now. Yeah. I don't understand why their prayers didn't work though. I I just thought that if they hashtag and they prayers, hashtag prayers, I thought that was going to help. Surprising it didn't. But they, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I, I would also say that, I mean, locally, I know that I know that I live in Base Hendricks, and we're eating uh, clearly based on the size pants that I'm wearing. I'm eating a lot more to go than we used to. We're just, we're just not cooking from home. I've never had a situation where you're not supposed to cook from home. Like order out. Like don't make it yourself. Order food in, which has been the best thing ever. But I think you also just need support from people that are. I think the other thing we were talking about, which is super interesting, I want to touch a little bit, is that people that don't live in Indianapolis, you know, there's a lot of support needed here from people outside of Indianapolis too, because we're, you know, people that live here can support most of it. But honestly, people that live downtown are the people that are still supported by those restaurants. Um, But I know we, you and I were talking a little bit about how people thought that downtown is dangerous, uh, which is hilarious that, that I've, I've talked to people recently. They're like, how's downtown doing? And uh, just for anybody listening to this, that isn't downtown. Everything's great. (laughs) Everything is super, super fine. And everything's super, super safe. Maybe not Zionsville safe, but that would be gross. No one wants to be Zionsville safe. Not, not me. I went, <laughs> I went there once, and we haven't been back. No. So I know that uh, I, I I guess that the, something that was brought to my attention like a while ago was kind of like, do you still love food? And that that was, that was something that like I had to think about long and hard because like I had a, I had a business fail, and, and that was that was rough, and it was just like, and but it was also kind of offensive to me because it was like I never. Never fell out of love with food. Like it was, it was always kind of the problems and the stress of the restaurant business. Yeah, and I think sometimes just to refocus, because like I don't think the restaurant business, I don't, I don't think the restaurant model across the board that we're using right now is necessarily going to last very long. I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I know we have talented (laughs) people that really love food, and I think that no matter what, we're gonna we're gonna find a way to keep doing stuff like for me it's a podcast and like cooking brunch and having people over my house you know but like there's there's a million ways where you can like monetize your love of food and like you guys have talked about uh creating a uh, pop-up with the two of you and i'd like to hear more about that because i think that's amazing yeah we uh we we bought a flat top grill uh which we brought here Cooked your brunch on. It was amazing. It was amazing. Tried to test it out. We never actually turned it on before, so you just had to make sure it uh, worked. <laughs> it definitely it did not blow up. That, yeah. was, that was good. I will absolutely be your guinea pig all the time. Um, but, yeah, we're looking for spaces all around. Pop up, make some, some dank food, and everybody can get their fix. And where are you guys going to be at this this coming up weekend, uh, next weekend? This Friday we'll be at Wildwood. Um, hours to be determined at this point, but... What's, um, what's the date on that? Just so uh, it's not going to be evergreen. Uh, October 2nd, first Friday, October I think 2nd. that's the date. Yeah, October 2nd. Okay. And then Wildwood in uh, Fountain Square. Yeah. And hours to be determined. Now, do you guys, are you guys, uh, you need social media? Uh, not yet. It's kind of, kind of new to us. We just. Word of waited. mouth. At, at this point, and it's first Friday, so we'll just be kind of out there. People wandering around between things. Um, you guys have a cool name yet? I don't I know. Think we do. Maybe. Come on, tell them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
can we can we break the name here first? Uh, we were thinking about calling it Misfit um, because we're just gonna kind of be pushing different kinds of food together, nice. uh, things that don't normally fit together or or attempting to hopefully to work out. But that's kind of what we're. So now, so now with. I guess coming from Ruck, but now being outside of Ruck, like what are the things that you guys are interested in doing, like food wise and, and, and cooking wise? Um, I really want to do like uh, different like kinds of like diner food or French bistro food, but do them with um, kind of Korean ingredients. Um, so just kind of, I, I'm, I get bored with things quickly. So mm-hmm. like I would be like, okay, I want to make diner food for like three weeks and now I want to make French bistro food and now I want to yeah. make yeah. just sandwiches or, so that's, that's kind of um, where the whole misfit thing comes from is that it's, you know, just kind of figure out fits and if it fits or not that sounds but, amazing uh, yeah that's great and that's and awesome. and and how is it how is it cooking together like the two of you guys what's that like that's you that's pretty that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty fun he can't, he can't speak on it <laughs> a lot of the times we just uh kind of just bounce ideas back and forth or you know i might not have a full dish idea but have a component idea bounce it to him and he'll have he'll so oh, this will be great on this, and kind of just go back and forth, or have an idea, and then one of us, you know, maybe saw a video or read something in a book, and it's like we could do it this way. So it's kind of just like a hodgepodge. Yeah, usually uh, how we make dishes. It's not it, usually. It's not. I wouldn't say it's like not one person making one specific dish. It's usually that, yeah, kind definitely of, very collaborative. Yeah. Well, and again, like like stripping away all the bullshit of an actual restaurant, like. The reason that we get into food is is to do this cool shit. And it's like uh, my biggest hangups were like when it was like all the shitty parts of running a business and like oh the food truck's exploding and I'm like I don't know how to fix a food truck, but like when it comes to just doing the 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 fun part of cooking and the the passionate part of cooking is just like yeah like watching these videos like I want to cook this for three weeks and then I want to try something else so I want to like like. How, how do we how do we distill that down into like its bare essence? And I, I think that's great uh, for the pop ups. Uh, my suggestion would be to put that marinated steak on everything. I yeah. think I think you can't go wrong with that. I like anything. That's how you you ate that is to take the steak and wrap it around that. I just wanted to do that with everything. I just want to have a, a a plate, a pile of meat that I just take it and then I put it around any cat type of food and eat it. That would make carrots delicious. <laughs> it would. That would. Carrots are usually gross, Packing. but if you wrap them in marinated meat, I bet carrots are good. Packing peanuts, ooh, cir- circus peanuts, circus peanuts, maybe, maybe even candy corn. Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to pick up a lot of candy corn with that meat, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that would be a good game called. What is this meat not good on? Yeah. <laughs> Out of context is inappropriate, but it, it was really good. Especially after that R. Kelly song. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was saying earlier, I went to brunch one time. I went out to brunch, and uh, they put, um, it was Easter Sunday. They thought that it was a good idea to put peeps on every single dish. I remember you saying that that's disgusting. It was yeah. not a good idea. I never saw it, tasted it, or anything. That's a bad idea. Yeah, just like a half-melted peep on the middle of your biscuits and gravy. Gross. Half-melted peep in the it's middle disgusting. of the, I think, I think somebody had like a like a beef Manhattan. What? Which is like a... Which is like a purple bunny melting on the top of it. It's like they forgot that heat was involved. It's yeah. like that time that you had. Remember, you had the gravy. Uh, we had the gravy tree. What was it? 
The gravy fountain. The gravy ranch fountain. Ranch fountain. The ranch fountain. Yeah. When, and you put ranch in it, but then I think so, one of us forgot that it heats it things heated, up. Yeah. yeah, and the ranch was hot. <laughs> yeah. It was. I'll tell you what, it's been like hot ranch in here for like was, two uh, days. That was for Super Bowl Sunday. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, was Super Bowl. Like, we should have a it. ranch fountain, and then I was like, oh, I forgot it's hot ranch. I'd never had hot ranch before. It was something. Uh, my stomach hasn't either, or since. Laser snakes. What uh, outside of what you guys are like immediately cooking right now, like what what's your favorite kind of style of like goofy thing to cook or like off off brand thing to cook? Uh, I've been uh interested in like Lebanese food for a long time. Nice. I like I like making that. And like what kind of flavors? Um, lots of garlic, lots of um, lemongrass. No, um. <laughs> They use like sumac, zatar, stuff like that. Okay. Um, nice. We would yogurts. We, yeah. We just so you know, I wouldn't know the answer. So whatever you said is not me. I don't want to feel like we're trying to stump you here. We yeah, we don't know. I, I would have though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I love sandwiches more more than most things in the world. I, I think it's sandwiches. the perfect food. No, you're absolutely right. Like that's that's what I like survive on. Like a, a nicely built sandwich. Like don't don't give me this shit where you take a bite and all squirts out the back. Like take yeah, your yeah. time, make yeah. a good sandwich. I think that's not as cool as Lebanese food, but I, I love know. a sandwich. I I, I feel like sandwich. that's the one play one thing, and and I think that you know I, I like to think of this as not maybe the long forever of how we're gonna be, but I think this is something a big huge mountain that we at some point get over. But I know that mm. once the dust clears, we're gonna have to put the interesting food back in Indian- Indianapolis. But the one thing I think Indianapolis was missing was a really good, interesting sandwich place. Like, I just think that it's not, I mean, not a Subway or, like, a Jimmy John's, but... Um, really? I, I feel like that's, like, the... Ba- like, most places don't want a hood. I feel like, so, like, most base places, the, what they do is, like, soup salads and sandwiches. But not a cold sandwich situation. Like, I don't want, like... I don't want, like, a hoagie. Like, you come in, and, like, the guy behind there is sitting there putting his fixings on. Like, you have, you know, a couple, a bunch of, like, amazing sandwiches, and that's what you get. I don't mean to be an old man... But I don't like all the abbreviations for sandwiches that's going around. I don't like. I don't know why we start calling them sandos and sandos. Oh yeah, I don't need any of that. Like, do people just not like to spell sandwich? I'm not sure why we're doing that. I think no. I, I I've never heard that. Oh. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it Sammy's. I've heard Sammy's. I don't Sammy's. like that either. You heard yeah. sando? Sando? Say I like, sandos now. I like sando. I like sando. I Actually, if I was going to make a sandwich place, I might call it sando. Sando with a period. I think if I ever owned a restaurant, whatever it would be called, I would put the period at the end. I think that makes oh, it interesting. I thought you meant. Like, all spelled out, Sando with a period. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to keep people guessing. But is that... Uh, would you would you say sandwich place? I'm assuming that's what you mean, where it's like you have this, you have a, an assortment of sandwiches, and you're, they're probably, I would imagine, based on what you like to do, probably varying pretty often. Yeah, and and, and, and not build your own. No, no, no. Definitely like, not build your own. But, I mean, uh, Agusta Market does really good sandwiches. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Agusta Market's a chain. What? No. Oh, no, 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 no. You know what I was thinking of potbellies. Now we're getting, now we're getting <laughs> no, canceled. No, no, I'm sorry. No. I meant, I'm an idiot. I was I was thinking of potbellies. I'm a jackass. No, Goose the Market does amazing sandwiches. They do really, really good sandwiches. Um, and But it, I guess that's a similar situation, but Goose the Market isn't everywhere. And I think... Because it's not a chain. Well, you're right. <laughs> you're right, Zach. I was wrong. I was I was spaced out a little bit. I'm no one heard his comment, but he was right. So full of spam. Um, but that's the thing is, like, in Indianapolis... I don't know. That's the thing is, like, we just don't travel very often. So, like, when I was at 38th, I used to go to Gusta Market at least twice a week. And now, you know, I just don't go as often because I, I'm trying to support everything in, in, in Fountain Square. 
but yeah, but I think that you could do something. I mean, that place is great, but it would be nice to have something more, you know, similar like that somewhere else too. Well, and and Wildwood did really good single mm-hmm. one one or two sandwiches for lunch. They can't. They're not really doing it right now, but I got sandwiches from there all the time. There, yeah. that place was made, really but and then it was also like the scarcity model because it's like. Yeah. Oh shit! What time yeah. is it? Like, I like are that they sold out. Like, that's great. I love uh, when a sandwich sells out. Like, no, I mean, too. I like. Well, it's like the tamale place. Like, if you don't get there, yeah, place in Greenwood. Like, if you don't get there by two uh, o'clock, you're gonna. I just that here's the thing: is like, I I've so burnt out on the service industry, on the hospitality side. Like, I love I love making food and people being like, oh, that's great. But like, as far as being a server, I hate dealing with the public. Yeah, yeah. And like, there's people are especially now in COVID, people are just. Like, when people are assholes now, I'm just like, I will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? It's a pandemic. It's uh, a Mad Max service industry now. Well, you one of my favorite things to do was to tell people no. Like, yeah. a straw. we don't have straws. That's... Can I get lemon with that? We don't have lemons. But you and I have a sandwich. We are sold out of that sandwich. <laughs> That's my... Sold out. That is my uh, server mentality always. Ever since I've been a server, I love people. I love telling people to leave. <laughs> I love cutting them off. My least favorite person is a person having a good time. Yeah. I would love to have a place where there was a when I uh, I went to uh, Geneva for work and they have a bunch of places where the sandwiches are just sitting in like uh, like an open counter like in a glass case and they're all the sandwiches are made and they have sauce and everything on there you can't you can't moder- you can't modify them at all what yeah. you get is what you get and it was great to watch stupid Americans of course come up and like hey can I get that without mayonnaise and then the people serving like how how yeah. do we do that? <laughs> they're there what are we gonna do it's there that's the sandwich that you yeah. get it was amazing. They do that at gas stations now, too. They just have sandwiches. <laughs> I see what you did there. Well played, sir. You didn't, you didn't have to go all the way to Geneva. No, you're... you're... Be fucking hoity-toity about where, where you got a goddamn sandwich. I was in Geneva on business and had sandwiches. I was at a Speedway with my subclub card. You know, when I said Geneva... I had that without mustard. I meant Geneva, Alabama. It was a really good gas station there. They made the best sandwiches, and they put the mayonnaise on there, and then they put them in a hot plate. Hot mayonnaise. Jordan, what made you fall in love with food? Well, it was a long, it's a long story. <laughs> yeah, really. um, my my family, we've we always cook. We probably went out to eat maybe once or twice a year, maybe on somebody's birthday, mm-hmm. and then just got disappointed because we could have made it better. Like my family always cooked growing up. So it was just always kind of a part of my life. And tried to go to school to be a doctor or some shit. I don't know. And <laughs> I don't know that doctor thing didn't work out. And <laughs> with that attitude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I feel like a couple of people may have died on the operating <laughs> table. Was like, doctor, you were a doctor? Doctor, surgeon? I don't know. Yeah. Some shit. In Geneva. <laughs> They'll let you do anything there. Yeah, that's true. No lessons required. I was a yeah. doctor in Geneva. That's why I was there. For work. As bad as it sounds, it was just <laughs> something I could fall back on. And sure. it ended up working out, and I love it, and I wouldn't do anything else. Adam, same question. I mean, I fell in love cooking with my family, too. Uh, cooking with my grandmother and my mother when I was younger. Um, I cook, cooked with my mom all the time, you know, and pulled a whatever up next to the stove and served with her. But it was really cool to go, like, my grandparents lived, like, seven hours away and going down there and cooking with them. And uh, just... My, my grandmother is, like, super Kentucky Southern cook, and she had no idea most of the things she was doing was, like, super sh- French technique. And so, I don't know, I guess it was that. I didn't, I kind of fell back on cooking, too. Like, I was going to school for something else and started working in a restaurant to pay my way. 
wasn't 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 doctoring was it doctor lawyer or some shit maybe like a surgeon or some shit it was podcasting but uh, (laughs) (laughs) circa 2003 when podcasts uh, were at their at their peak that's everyone's real fallback (laughs) (laughs) or or real estate agent i've seen a lot of that oh yeah yeah. a lot of people well when the when the apocalypse happened i feel like a lot of people like it was like the two ways to go was either uh, podcasting or cam girl Oh, and I was real close to becoming a cam girl. Listen, I'm still on your OF, all right? <laughs> um, you can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> OF is only fans. <laughs> we're, we're all guys. Yeah. <laughs> I actually learned that acronym on this podcast. Like, if Dyke said it to somebody else on this podcast and said you started OF, I had to Google it. It took me a long time to Google because it's just of. Of. Took a long time to find it. I think I found the answer on TikTok. A lot of the TikTok people have OnlyFans as well. We uh, we were just doing. We have an ASMR YouTube channel. We've got nicer mics than this. <laughs> we just it's just us chewing. Yeah. We just get really close, like slurping. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good eating, Just eating a- ASMR eating sounds. That that is working out well for like a bunch of people. That sounds. We amazing. help a lot of people sleep. <laughs> what is uh? What is some of the more ridiculous uh, stories you had from? Working in the kitchen, like whether it be from a ludicrous customer or a ludicrous server interaction, or I would imagine you guys saw some shit at Rook. Yeah, not really at Rook. Um, <clears throat> I used to work at uh, Ted's Montana Grill. Yes, <laughs> formerly in the Clay Terrace area. Um, I worked with this guy who I'm not really sure what his deal was, but <clears throat> he had a very bad heart condition. He had three heart attacks on the line. Jesus. While I worked wow. with him. Um, it was when I was a lot younger and hot-headed, and I, I did scream at him one time, and he had a heart attack, and I felt really bad about that. I had to go sit down in the Which, cooler. What number was that? What number of heart attack? <laughs> like, one or two. <laughs> he had to get his nitroglycerin out of the safe. Why was it in the safe? I don't know. So it wouldn't explode or something? I don't know. Yeah. What could you possibly have been doing, really? <laughs> Drop those fries, dipshit! Oh, my heart! I think I was trying to call something and nobody was responding, and I screamed, Am I talking to my fucking self here? And then he, yeah, that was it. You know, I feel like that was that guy's fault. The kitchen's a hard place to work. I think if you've got a heart condition, that's not the place to be. To be fair, he was just trying to get out of calling back. <laughs> Am I talking to myself? If he's dead, he, he, then you were talking to yourself. <laughs> yeah, that was actually, yeah, that was a good Can I call? Can I call? Can I call? He's no, you, dead. You can't call when I got a heart attack. <laughs> you just got played. Good old Bob. I hope he's still alive. <laughs> he was only 16. It was. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've, I've never heard that story before. <laughs> he's, a, he's got a weak heart. Poor Bob. Okay, guys, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for coming over and cooking. The The food was amazing. Unbelievable. And, uh, so I, good. Like, heart of brunch, brunch Nation, I'll tell you what. Stop saying it. Do yourself a favor <laughs> and go out. Give me the date and the time again next, next week. <laughs> Friday, October 2nd at Wildwood. We do not know what like, time yet, I'll but it'll probably be five or six. Five-ish. Just yeah. hang out around there around dinner time. I'd say it's going to be it's gonna be worth a while. I think any, I think any of that falls under the witching hour, right? Yeah, I mean, if you see two pear-shaped dudes standing next to a flat top, go eat. <laughs> I mean, just, uh, just in general with your life. I think, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that's a good way to go. Good, like, good. Those are the guys that know how to make some food. Like, the sun doesn't go down until 8, so just just in general. Like, when you get hungry, 
I think we had it. Yeah. <laughs> what they said was fine. No I- ignore it when the sun goes <laughs> yeah, down. Jesus. God damn Sorry. it. You've, I've never seen you work so hard against a guest. <laughs> It's because there's two of us. It's the first time he, <laughs> he had to. He feels like he never had. He doesn't like being over chefed. He's like, there's more chefs. There's, I've been out chefed, and he just feels like he's back into a corner. I'm like they're your friends, dude. They made you food. This, You're on. They're on your side. These guys are amazing. Go check them out. Go support them, and always support local. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.